The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Jeff Meller and for Sylvie today. Big news if you're just jumping in your car, if you missed it. We started the 3 o'clock hour with breaking news. The Chicago Bears penned an open letter regarding the closing on the Arlington Park property. And it looks like we are one step closer as the Bears uh, confirmed that the team has reached an agreement for the purchase of those 326 acres of property in Purchase Arlington is closed. Heights. It's so. official. It is, the property is theirs. Now we're just guessing... You and I, with extensive construction backgrounds, yes, uh, throwing darts, uh, trying to figure out how long it may take from now, just today. I've got it. from now to when the ball will be kicked off in the new Paradise uh, facility. I know, I know. Uh, Tyler's got a text out to his architect girlfriend Bree on some info. She's busy built help building got, a prison. I I've think, got right? a line out to my uh, architect friend Art Vandelay, so we'll see if he gets yeah. back to me anytime soon. So we're talking about that with you, of Just course. Just remember, tomorrow the shovel doesn't go on the ground. There's a right. lot of stuff that's yes. still going to have to be yes. processed Planned and out. gone through. So Definitely some permits. I'm saying seven years. Yes. I Conservatively. Six to seven. I, that was my, t- my time frame, and I think that's probably a good conservative estimate. So we're con- going to continue to talk about that. But also another big story going on regarding Chicago sports is spring training getting underway out in Arizona? We checked in with Jesse yesterday as he was getting his bearings. The White Sox were trying to get their bearings today as Rick Hahn met the media along with Mike Clevenger meeting the media because, of course, he is currently under investigation regarding domestic violence. We played some of the audio last half hour ago, and it is a perfect opportunity for us to bring in Jesse and ask him what his feeling was regarding the White Sox meeting the media today. Jess, just uh, your initial reaction as to how the White Sox handled the Mike Clevenger situation. Well, I'll start with Clevenger, and I apologize if the cell service is bad. I'm in, I'm in a bad spot here. But um, I'll start with Clevenger. I mean, he certainly didn't shy away from the questions, and he certainly didn't shy away from his declaration of innocence. Uh, said he would never lay a hand on a woman, loved his kids, um, thinks he'll be exonerated, asked people to wait until they, uh, you know, uh, just don't rush to judgment, wait until the evidence comes out, um, and he thinks he'll be fully exonerated. Now, I have to say, all of us, I think, when these things come up in our minds, think about the legal threshold, right? He hasn't been charged legally with anything, and I'm sure that might be on his mind because, he, you know, nothing's going on that way, that in that direction. But the, the threshold for, for a professional sports league is different. So he may think he'll be exonerated because in, in terms of the legal aspect, which is, again, I think we all think of things in, in that terms, um, that might be one thing. But in terms of what the commissioner and the league finds out, that could be something else. But he's pretty confident he'll be exonerated. And there's a couple layers to this that are really interesting. One is that this has been going on for seven months. And, and Waddle, you remember, I've been on with you, and I yep. said, you know, there was some smoke about this guy, and when there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, if this has been going on for seven months, one, why hasn't it concluded? He even said, I didn't even know it was still going on. It was something it feels like that was percolating under the surface, you know, and you just it was just kind of had an, 
it didn't have an ending to it, but now it, it, it you know popped up publicly because she went public with it. But also, if it was sort of kind of out there, why didn't the White Sox get wind of it? You know, Rick Kahn talked about trusting the confidentiality of the process, which I get because if he's innocent, why should it come out so publicly you know, via the league or a team? And then he has to sort of, uh, you know, you can't put that back in the bottle. And if he's if he's if he's guilty, well, then he's guilty. But um, I just don't get why there was so much smoke around him and the White Sox didn't really find out about it other than doing their normal due diligence on a player. So even Rick Hahn said, OK, yeah, maybe we have to reexamine how we we do these background checks a little bit. Jesse Rogers joining us, as always, brought to you by your Chicago Toyota Dealer Association. Toyota, let's go places. Uh, Jess, did you get the sense from Rick Hahn? First of all, I mean, if you could summarize what Rick had to say with regard to this this topic, but did you could you sense any regret from Rick for even signing Clevenger? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, body language, maybe, maybe yes. Uh, he did admit this is a guy that had some immaturity in his past. Remember, he had COVID. You know, he went out when during COVID, wasn't supposed to do that. So went to a pizza party. He's had some moments, um, and you know, again, and I said this to you guys at the time. I think we all knew about this guy and his immaturity, but to to sort of make that leap that you wouldn't sign him because you could predict something like this would happen, that's a little much. But yeah, I think I mean, he was asked. When you first heard about this, what would you think? He said, I was disappointed. And I even asked him the hypothetical, which I knew he wouldn't answer. If he was under investigation and you knew it, would you have signed him? And, of course, the answer is probably no, right? Why would any team do that? So, yeah, I think there is some buyer's regret there. Uh, but I, th- I think the regret should be uh, – there's something wrong with this process where an agent, a player, um, that you know can, uh, can be under investigation and go to free agencies are not informed of that, right? There has to be something in between. But I get that who would sign him if they knew. So, you know, it, it's, it's not fair to the team or the player, I suppose. But, but Rick said he would take the trade off of the confidentiality of the process, and, and instead it makes the team look bad. You see what I'm saying? Like, he thinks the process is the right way to go because right. players and investigations should be private. And it, uh, and a GM has to suffer for it, so be it. Jesse Rogers joining us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Jess, we mentioned earlier how Rick Hahn said that this was their only option, intimating that things might be different if they had some alternatives. My question to you is, if we find out that these accusations or if the MLB finds that he's guilty, do you think Mike Clevenger will ever pitch for the White Sox? Oh, boy, I'm going to say... Yes, I think that if he's suspended for two months and serves his time, he will come back and pitch. Now, I I could be wrong because the court of public opinion certainly matters in situations like this. Look, if he comes back after a two-month suspension, they have to pay him for four months. Now, they can pay him to sit uh, sit at home or they can pay him to pitch for them. And I think it all depends on the court of public opinion. My gut says yes, that they will say he served his time and we're going to let him play out the four months of his contract. You know, I don't think they'd pick up any options or things like that. I could be wrong, though, because that's, that's where the, the, the public matters. If he, if he takes the field and he's booed relentlessly and it just doesn't work and he can't work under those conditions and the team can't move forward with him there, then no, he won't. But, 
my gut feeling is he'd serve his couple months and 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 then come back at whatever the penalty is. Jess, is there but any, I certainly am open to being wrong about is that. Is there any way they can get out of the contract if, in fact, the investigation leads to a suspension of an extended period of time? Is there any recourse for the White Sox to come in and say, listen, we were not aware of this investigation for obvious reasons, but we would have never signed him if we had known about the investigations. Is there, I guess I, my question is, is there an out for them based on how this whole process has to unfold? If not you know one that I know of. Okay. Not one that I know of. Because you know, what I'm get, you know what I'm getting yeah, to, Jess? Oh, yeah. It's like, listen, I, yeah. get, I get this is the process. And at the end of the day, the team will be on the losing end of this process because they weren't aware of this particular investigation. Had they known of the investigation, they could claim that they would have never signed him. I just wonder if there's any chance that they can void what's left on that contract if, in fact, the investigation leads to a suspension. And you're saying that that you don't know of a way that they can get out of it. No, they'd have to pay him and release him. And this goes back to what I said about that trade-off. Rick Hahn's okay with the trade-off because the confidentiality of the process for something as serious as this accusation is more important than the end result for the team or the GM or whatever. So, no, uh, I agree with you. They get screwed in the end. If if the public doesn't want him back and they have to release him, they have to pay him. Um, uh, But uh, maybe they should have done a little bit more due diligence. Uh, As I said before, there was a lot around this guy. Now, having said that, Addison Russell, I was doing a, a, a Pokemon story about him a month before he was accused. And so my point is, Addison yeah. Russell acted and sounded like a choir boy mm-hmm. and then got accused of what he got accused of. Clevenger has a shady background. Doesn't mean he was going to get accused of this. Right. So I don't think you can just say, hey, he's immature. Now, you could say he's been immature in the past. Why should we take a risk on him being immature in the future? And Rick Hahn's answer to that is, well, we've signed guys in the past that were immature or had shady feelings, and they turned out to be okay because we developed them or whatever. In this case, maybe it has. It's not going to turn out that way. So, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a tough tough call. But they, they probably should have known about this invest, investigation just through the grapevine somehow. I told you, I had colleagues that kind of knew something was up with him, but maybe didn't have it nailed down for a team. I think they should have the ability to find out if it's been going on as long as they say it has. Jess, we know you're busy. Thanks for carving out a few minutes yeah. for us. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, Jess. Okay, guys. Talk to you later. That is Jesse <laughs> Rogers, obviously, covering baseball for us and ESPN, joining us on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. Look, I, I know this is fluid, and, and you know it's hard to come to any long-term conclusions at this moment, but... If these allegations, if Major League Baseball does their investigation and they conclude that these allegations are legitimate and worthy of suspension, there's some pretty hideous allegations that have been levied against him. I find it really hard to believe that if, in fact, he is found, quote unquote, guilty of this by Major League Baseball and he serves a suspension, I can't imagine that the White Sox are going to have him on their roster when he's done serving this suspension. Yeah, you know, you look at, like, nothing nothing precludes the White Sox from saying, hey, take your money, you're not going to play baseball for us. They can release him and just pay his contract in full if they would like to do that. Correct. However, as you point out, some of these heinous allegations that have been levied against him, if they are true, and if that was look, your, you're giving a, a 
what would be, I think we would all deem justifiably, if these allegations are true, a bad guy, a lot of money. Yes. And that was kind of the, the discussion you and I had before about the, the, ultimately if this stuff, again, the allegations become proven that I think we were on the same page. Like the penalty should be not is finding a way to not allow him to collect a cent of the contract that he signed. And look, we have conversations in the world of sports and in life in general about, you know, giving people second chances. I don't think that I think a second chance after somebody has assumed a responsibility for the mistakes they've made. Again, this is just this is in a hypothetical situation and it has then shown the desire to be better and to make amends and to to make life changes. I think that's when the second chance happens, in my opinion. It's just me. Um, So I I think they've got a difficult decision here. If, if again, the the conclusion of the investigation is if it results in a. In a suspension. Again, we're just, you know, this is hypothetical. Yeah, and listen here. For those who are unaware, and I'm, I'm about to read Olivia Feinstead. She is the mother of Mike Clevenger's child. She posted earlier today, before Clevenger met the media, she posted a lengthy Instagram notes in her own words about some of the allegations that she is levying against Mike Clevenger. And this was from her Instagram feed earlier today. Again, Olivia Feinstead. And again, some of this... Uh, some of this content is a little bit, well, a lot of it's gross, but of course, if you have uh, young ones in the car, you may want to just turn the radio down momentarily. Olivia Feinstead, everyone at spring training, ask Mike, besides all the physical harm he's done to May and I, why he's still refusing to add her back on his health insurance. He took her, af- her, he took her off after I left. His excuse being he needs her, quote, documents. But what's funny is all of her documents are being withheld from me by him and his mom. If they weren't being withheld from me, why can't they ship them like they have said a thousand times I've asked them to? I've paid out of pocket just this month around $500 for a Cairo and pediatrics appointment. That also is a form of child abuse. It's also a financial abuse against me because I don't have all this extra money to be having Cairo adjustments, checking for parasites, quote, everything has them. I feed her raw goat's milk. Yet I still use the side money I make to do this knowing her dad is a multimillionaire who qualifies for free health insurance for him and his kids through his job. Mike Clevenger is one of the worst dads I have ever met, and he has been this way for years to his other kids, too. I don't tolerate what their kid's mother will. Excessive drug use, excessive cheating, excessive emotional abuse, driving the kids on acid, physical harm against myself and my child. But she does because he's now trying to pretend to be this great dad. Suddenly, when his other kid's mother has years of posting on his abuse, doesn't make him a good person or dad. He's an abuser in all forms. The investigation is still very much going on. The White Sox can allow him at spring training. That doesn't mean Mike is off the hook with Major League Baseball or that he didn't do what I've said he has. What I'm supposed what am I supposed to do? Predict when he's going to physically harm me and have my camera ready. His biggest insecurity isn't being an abusive partner or parent, but instead his fragile body that breaks on the mound repeatedly. So take that and run with it. You, you see him today. I mean, it goes on and on. There's lots more to it as well. But again, this is a very, very dark situation that we're dealing with. And the allegations aren't light. And so, you know, and that's what unfortunately domestic violence is and that's the reality that the white sex are dealing with and you know but 
you know, I thought it was a fair question to ask Jesse. Hey, what do you think? Yeah, no, no, gonna, I, you know, I, will look, he pitch I, again? And you know, it's not and it's not a moral judgment of Jesse in terms of no, his answer. No, 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 no. As I, well. wanted, I wanted his actual, yeah. you know, what he believes could be the case, though, how the White Sox will go about it, and if he, you know, I hope that's not the case. I hope if he is suspended because Major League Baseball finds him guilty of what's being accused, and again, that's not even the whole, that's just some of it, and it's very lengthy, but I hope as a White Sox fan that if he is found guilty and he's suspended for any period of time, I hope the White Sox find a way to move past him. They don't need to be in business with Mike Clevenger if this truly is the type of person. Well, and, and this is what I was saying as well. If that's the case and the, and the investigation results in a lengthy suspension, um, yeah, I would be surprised if, in fact, the White Sox would, in fact, have him in their starting rotation once he has gotten through his suspension. And again, this has nothing to do with second chances. You know, for me, the second chance for somebody who has been found guilty of something heinous like this would come after a period of time where that person had made some life changes and shown you that he had a remorse, you know, a sense of remorse that was very deep uh, and had gone through a series of different things that would show you that he is looking to point himself in the right direction. So that's why I said I think it would be very difficult for the White Sox to just all of a sudden, you know, Pretend that it's status quo if, in fact, Major League Baseball would issue a suspension. Yeah, I, I do think Rick Hahn gave us a little bit of insight by saying that it was, quote, their only option. Well, yeah, and I think most people probably don't uh, listen. The team doesn't have the ability to put the player on administrative leave. We found out that only Major League Baseball can do that. Once an investigation is, is underway, then it's Major League Baseball's decision to put him on administrative leave if, in fact, that's done. And and once we get into the regular season, certainly I would think that there's a way for Jerry Reinsdorf and White Sox ownership to let Rob Manfred know that hey, we don't like the avenue we're at right now. Let's put him on that list. We would we or we would deeply appreciate if Mike Clevenger was on that list while you are going forward. So if we get to the point where we're in the regular season and they still haven't come to a conclusion, then I would I personally don't expect Mike Clevenger to throw a pitch in the regular season before we have some conclusion. Look, it's not a good situation on any front, but certainly for a White Sox team, if you you know get back into the baseball avenue over here, look, they've had a really, in my opinion, despite the addition of, of Andrew Benintendi, they've had a really bad offseason. And this is not something I think that Rakan and the rest of the White Sox were expecting to have to deal with if you go back several months. This is uh, Rick Hahn earlier today talking about the uh, confidentiality and how they didn't know about Mike Clevenger's current situation. I will say that the confidentiality element to this policy is essential in order to protect not just players, but also those who feel aggrieved to give them the ability to come forward and express that there's an issue and to allow for an investigation to take place. Part of that confidentiality is that other clubs don't know about it. There was no way for us to be aware of this incident without someone being in violation of that policy, and no one was, uh, which, again, is part of the strength of the policy, and it's how it operates. Some more from Rick Hahn talking about taking risks when signing players. We have had some success in past years. I've been, I've been here now. I've, this is the start of my 23rd season. Uh, so I've been involved in a lot of 
background checks, a lot of evaluations of players' makeup from outside the organization. Uh, we have had success at times in the past taking calculated risks on players that had, let's say, immaturity issues with other organizations, bringing them in here and making them part of our environment and giving them a new opportunity to fulfill their potential. Uh, probably don't have that ring in 05 without taking chances like that. I have to admit, that's the first time I heard that particular soundbite. I don't like Rick Hahn using the idea of immaturity and past success in the same utterance when he's discussing Mike Clevenger, personally. Uh, There's a difference between immaturity and some of the things because, that he has been alleged to have done. Because he may not mean to, but when, he, when, he, when he's discussing Mike Clevenger... And then he throws out, in the past, we've had success signing players dealing with immaturity. I think you do, in some ways, try and give yourself an out, an avenue why, oh, why this would be an acceptable course of action for the White Sox. He did admit that they may need to go back and look at their process of you know, going through a player's background check as they move forward. Um, hopefully, in the future, they won't have to deal with this situation. But, of course... The MLBPA's uh, CBA with Major League Baseball does give them the confidentiality, which gives them some issues. I, I do think it's fair, Not though. Not the start that the White Sox and White Sox fans wanted to see from Not the, on day one baseball of spring training when you would hope that your fan base is trying to get excited about it. I did read those accusations from Olivia Feinstead, the mother of Mike Clevenger's child. I think it's only fair to let you hear from Mike Clevenger as he spoke to the media earlier today. I, I trust the process in MLB. I really do. And I think there's a reason I'm sitting here in front of you today. And I'm uh, just asking everyone to wait before they rush to judgment. So wait till the, the actual facts are out there. Wait till there's actual evidence. And then make your decision on who you think I am. But I would just really appreciate just a, a little bit of, you know, just, just wait for there's, there to be actual evidence where you start making judgments and stuff. This is about my children that I care more about than even this game. So that was Mike Clevenger earlier today. We shall see. I am more than happy to examine any evidence when it comes to public light. Yeah. Um, again, uh, Major League Baseball season uh, about to, to start in earnest. A lot of interesting rules changes and different additions and subtractions to our favorite baseball teams. This is just not one of the things that uh, has you excited about the 2023 White Sox, that's for sure. He's Waddle. I'm Jeff Meller. In for Sylvie, this is Waddle and Sylvie. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. get back to some good old uh good clean fun i would like to a little more uplifting fun stuff yeah, to talk about right that would be ideal so you may or may not have heard waddle the kansas city chiefs won the super bowl i did i did hear that so I yes did. they did that on second Sunday. time in what four years Is it four uh, years i believe that's correct yeah because we had of course we had the rams one year prior to that, you had the Bucks the year before that, and then of course the Chiefs. So two and Correct. four years. And by the way, the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl title came at the expense of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm glad you, I 
the when that Super Bowl went off, I was adamant that it was huge because I thought that could be a huge swing Super Bowl. Tom Brady had six at the time. Patrick Mahomes had one. And I said, this could be the difference between Patrick Mahomes actually chasing down Tom Brady in Super Bowl wins versus not. Because obviously, had it gone the other way, I think it's safe to say, okay, that it could be six to three right now in terms of Super Bowl titles. And then... I, I don't it, remember that, but I'll take your word for I, well, it. Well, listen... Okay. I know you, I'm going to pat yeah, myself on the okay, back. That's I, think that, I think that one could end up being the swing Super Bowl because obviously Mahomes did not get one that year and Brady got the seventh. If I said, hey, if it was six to three right now, you'd feel much better about saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes is going to chase down Tom Brady. Wouldn't you, if, if that were the case? Yes, that would be the case. Simple yes, math. I would feel the same if way. If he only had to win four more to usurp him as opposed to to five more to catch him, right. it would be a much significant difference. Yeah. There you go with the analytics again. See? You just divorced your, in a while. You divorced yourself from analytics about a half hour ago. Now you're back to being married to analytics. So the funny thing is, these Kansas City Chiefs, which most people will tell you, most people who follow football closely, I think and you know and you know what? Maybe more importantly for the casual football fans, yeah. the ones who don't really follow things closely, I think the Kansas City Chiefs were the overwhelming favorites, if you put it in that context, to win the Super Bowl. Would you in agree? In terms of public, uh, public desire. Perception. Let's take out the you know the people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis who... You think consume- the random football fan, yes. the general football fan actually... Johnny, Johnny Football. Thought the Kansas City Chiefs were going to beat the Eagles or hoped that day, or both? I think if you talk to Johnny Football, the average NFL consumer who maybe doesn't, you know... Doesn't gamble on the game. Yeah, and maybe doesn't play fantasy football, but watches football casually for the most part, and then shows up at a Super Bowl party who, uh, that a friend happens to be throwing... Right. I think Johnny Football thinks that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are, are the, better team. the better team. They have been the best team for the last four or five years. And they're also going to be the team they're cheering for them to win. Is that what you're suggesting? I don't know if they're cheering for them if they're neutral, but I just think that Patrick Mahomes, now that Tom Brady has retired, Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL. I think, you know, and if you want to make the argument, only Aaron Rodgers, I think, would be somebody who you could put in that argument. Okay. You disagree? No, I, I think that Patrick Mahomes is definitely the face of the NFL and is the best best player in the NFL by a, long, a large mark. So I think the vast majority of people would overwhelmingly say that the Chiefs were, were probably the team that was being picked by the majority of people. Maybe not yeah. gamblers. Maybe right. gamblers who... Because, again, the line was Eagles minus a point and a half. Yeah, so maybe gamblers were more into the Eagles, but I think the casual football fan would have well, told you the Chiefs were going to win. And I do believe that there were a lot of people that follow the game and, and that sit in the chairs that we sit in that felt the same way that we did, which was, I truly believe that the Eagles are probably top to bottom the better team. They've got more depth, the talent there on both sides of the football but I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. So my money's going to go on the quote-unquote underdog of a point and a half with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I think there are a lot of people that do follow it closely and aren't just your casual fan that looked at that game and said, uh, I still am going with the better quarterback. Patrick Mahomes has an ankle injury, but I'm still scared to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I'm yes. picking the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yes. And, well... Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs celebrated today in Kansas City with a parade. And, of course, as 
you tend to see after a championship parade the little bit of slightly intoxicated players will go ahead and speak and Patrick Mahomes had words for all the haters out there before we started this season the AFC West said we were rebuilding I'm gonna be honest with you I don't know what rebuilding means in our rebuilding year we're world champs The AFC West said they were rebuilding? I guess. I think he said, said we were rebuilding. So, like, the, the rest of the AFC was retooling. The rest of the AFC West was, I guess, gearing up Look at in the, anticipation that they were rebuilding. Listen to Tyler Patrick Mahomes' apologist, Aki, in there. Before we start this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs. Hey, man, I love it. There has listen. to be a villain in every story. Yes. I, I, Even if the villain really is a ghost. <laughs> because this is the essence, in my opinion, of swinging at ghosts. I mean, there were a few people out there who said, yeah, you know what? They've, they've had to rebuild their wide receiver room because you just traded a future Hall of Famer in Tyreek Hill. Yes. Anytime you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and an offensive line that's been had as much money spent on it, and you've got Chris Jones mm-hmm. and Frank Clark, you I, I mean you're you're nobody is going to call you a rebuilding project. Their wide receiving room was can we say it was retooled? Sure. I mean you could even say their wide receiver room was rebuilt. How many f- new faces did they have? They yeah. had uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Marquez Valdez. Scantling. Mar- you, you, you acquired Sky Moore. They acquired Kadarius, Kadarius Tony. Tony. Like so they rebuilt, They yes. rebuilt their wide receiving core. They did. That's reality. I just like that a drunken Patrick Mahomes is slurring and calling out the AFC West. It's all good, clean fun. Do, do you still stand by? I'm telling you, Tyler. He said the AFC West. Yeah, the AFC yeah, West told yeah. them that they were rebuilding. <laughs> that's Yeah. What is the NFC North telling the Bears? What's the NFC North's write-up and projections? They're, they're the just Bears? saying stay down. You're, you've been down forever. Don't let stay Justin down. Fields get wind of the NFC North's yeah. projections about the Bears. So I, I guess this is the refrain. I get it. Like like I said, every every story's got to have a villain. A villain, and even a, a Kansas City team. I, I, I will say this: in the preseason, they weren't picked number one overall. It was the Buffalo Bills by most people? That's fair. Yes. Like if you want to say we weren't the favorites. To represent the AFC, or we weren't the preseason favorites to win the Super Bowl. Totally accurate. Yes. But then the season begins, mm-hmm. and you pretty much are the number one overall seed. Yep. But and you're fourteen and three. You played all of your postseason games at home. You want, I mean, yeah. you league MVP. Yeah, it's just. Hmm. Well, it rings hollow. Travis Kelsey had more. Oh, the haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the haters were saying the Chiefs were done. <laughs> what are you talking about, Travis Kelsey? I, I demand that you show me the publication anywhere that said the Chiefs were not making the playoffs. Any legitimate publication. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> Germans? Germans. <laughs> Not like it's it's it is it's gotten to the point where this is funny. 
Like it used to, even last week, by used to, I mean last week, it just drove me crazy. Like even on Monday, my bad was, a good, yes. bad, and dirty was Travis Kelsey telling everyone that the haters didn't give them a chance. Like, I did, when did this be? I, I know, know this like, isn't, this isn't a brand new thing. No. But when did it become the go to for all sports? What I, like, I have no problem with you finding whatever motivation you want and I got using you. it in the locker totally. room. Yes. Don't bring it, though, to the championship celebration like it's some type of actual thing that occurred. Again, nobody was doubting the Chiefs. Nobody was saying they weren't going to make the playoffs. That did not exist. No. No. It just didn't. I mean, it's. And they're a likable group of players. I like watching the Kansas oh, City I think Chiefs they're, play football. They're great. Just thought that the the whole nobody gives us any respect. That whole mantra was just, it, it, it did not hit home with me. Alex is in St. Charles. He remembers people saying the Chiefs weren't going to make the playoffs. What's going on, Alex? You're on Wild and Sylvie. Miller and for Sylvie today. How are you guys? Uh, We're doing good, man. I just was. I was just uh, listening, and I listen all, all day, every day, guys. Love the shows all, all across the board. Thank you, Alex. But I do recall that there was, like, I don't know if it was Stephen A. Smith or not, but there was definitely guys on all media outlets talking so so much about them not making the playoffs and thinking they were going to have an extreme drop-off because of the lack of explosiveness and deep routes and everything with losing Tyreek Hill. I understand it's not necessarily great timing for them to put that on when Super Bowl parade. But it just seems like I, I recently saw some social media stuff too of them like making cuts of everybody across all of them saying how Patrick Mahomes is going to take a step back and Tyreek Hill, missing Tyreek Hill is going to be such a big loss that they're probably not going to make the playoffs in the highly touted division because of Herbert and Russell Wilson and all that stuff. So I just wanted to chime in, but I appreciate you guys taking my call. And hope sure. You have a great I, thank you. You as well. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it, man. I, I think you know. that that I, I think that, that okay. there were some people that thought that the AFC West was going to be a, a, a division where a multiple teams were going to make it to the postseason, that they would have their hands full. But I don't recall anybody suggesting that they were underdogs to get to the postseason. Uh, all right. Obviously, uh, my mistake here, because uh, Andre Triplett just uh, tweeted me a clip from Get Up. Obviously, Sylvie would have remembered this immediately, so shame on me here. But also, I will say, consider the source. I'm watching right now a video of Bart Scott saying that the Chiefs will miss the playoffs. Okay, that's one person. So maybe uh, they should address Bart Scott. That, when that, they... that was exactly it. You know what? Put together a, a, a cut-up that precedes the parade. Throw the video up. Show me the hype video of Bart Scott talking trash, and then you want to go after him? Fine. Come on. Give me an example of a team like, okay, I'm, I'm going back to Dude, the scores of the playoffs. seven playoff teams. Here's what happens. Anybody like Bart's, Bart Scott who comes out and says the Chiefs will miss the playoffs, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. Now, I may raise an eyebrow skeptically and wonder if you truly believe that personal opinion that you're spouting on Get Up, me. I, I don't know, Bart Scott, if you truly believe that, or if you were just trying to create a clip to go viral, right? Yeah, I don't know. Look, if this was the Giants and, and Daniel Jones was standing at the podium celebrating an, a, a, uh, a Super Bowl championship, then I could understand that nobody gave us a chance because I didn't give you a chance. Nobody gave the Giants a chance. 
So hypothetically, if it was the Giants who were the ones that were standing at the end of the postseason, I get that. If it was the Jags, I get that. Um, So if it's the Chiefs, I find that this refrain becomes a bit, it becomes a bit hollow and certainly humorous. It was my bad, but at this point, it is actually, it's fairly hysterical, isn't it? What's the percentage of, you know, prognostications that went Chiefs not making the playoffs? There's seven teams that make the playoffs from East Conference these days. Yeah, everybody goes. I mean, get out of here with that. Again, if, if I had seen that Bart Scott clip happen live, I would not, I would have just, all that does for me personally is render my opinion of Bart Scott, it, it takes it down a little bit. Sorry, you're not putting the Chiefs in the playoffs? Eh. Your football acumen is so By the way, at the very least, we can say right now that they can't use the same refrain next year because they are the preseason favorites to win the 2024 Super Bowl. I don't know. Has Bart Scott checked in yet? No, I don't know. It's not my, it's not my, my day to watch Bart. But <laughs> Jordan's in Romeoville. Jordan, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. I was just piggybacking off of the, the conversation. I've been going through and thought that they're kind of on the Georgia train, you know, saying they're going to go. Yes, that was enough. Georgia did the same thing. Yes. Um, But then I, like, look back on it, and you got, like I said, Bart Scott, NFL.com had a couple that had them finishing, like, making the playoffs, but But behind the Raiders and the Chargers, I think, like, second or third in their division. Same thing with Sports Illustrated. So it's not, like, um, as bad as they were making it sound. But I definitely see where they're coming from. People had kind of wrote them off in their division. Uh, I mean, listen, one or two or three, four opinions in the the landscape, the media landscape that we live in, that's not an overwhelming Look, number of people. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. And the fact that you may not have been everybody's selection to win it, the Bills were. I mean, I think the Bills are. It wasn't unanimous, obviously, but, yeah, but I they believe they're the heavy favorite. No question. Um, Look, whatever it takes to get you motivated to go out and and get the job done, I just don't think, I just don't, I don't find any substance to a claim that nobody will give you a chance when your quarterback, the most important position in all of professional sports and all of sports, is the best in in the the league. You're always going to have a chance when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. So going forward. Again, because they have been picked as the favorite for next year's Super Bowl, this refrain cannot be used. It can. (laughs) It probably will be. But just know we are getting ahead of this conversation that a year from now when they stand out at the podium and they're celebrating another Super Bowl victory, just know that this conversation took place that we all thought that the Kansas City Chiefs had a chance to win next year's Super Bowl as well. Yeah, yeah. Put me down for someone who's got the Chiefs in the playoffs. The yes, me as well. Free agency has not played out yet. The NFL draft has not occurred. I don't know who who's on the Kansas City Chiefs roster next year. But as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, yes. I'm going to go ahead and put them in the playoffs. I'm with I don't you. need anything else. Sight yeah. unseen. Yes, that's how I'm. But I hope this. everyone had a safe and happy celebration in Kansas City. These things can be quite quite humorous. Yes, I, the best part about today's celebration was Patrick Mahomes chugging a beer with the WWE Championship belt around his waist. And Matt Nagy hanging on to him to make sure he didn't fall off the double-decker bus. With Matt Nagy. Best move by Matt in a couple of years. (laughs) Great call by you.
Uh, I'm Jeff Meller in for Sylvie today. This is Waddle and Sylvie. We will continue to talk about the Chiefs and their championship celebration if you'd like. But also, lots of Bears news today and what their plans are with that number one overall pick. What should they do? There's one talking head who has an idea. We'll share share with you what he had to say coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. How's your new new carpet treating you? Oh, it's that good. Valentine's very Day good. carpet. Yeah, we were both very happy with it. Very happy with it. Good. Glad How was your uh, Valentine's Day celebration? Was it good? <sighs> it was very subdued. Yeah. Not a whole lot of celebrating going on. Trying to think outside of presenting my children with some chocolate-covered strawberries for yeah. Valentine's Day for dessert yeah. last night. Not You just can't... You, you, you just will not... Uh, Condone full chocolate, right? It's got to be veg or it's got to be strawberries a, a, or something. Yeah, covered. it's got to be a fruit covered no. with chocolate. No, they both have the my twelve year old twins both have braces, okay. so they so chocolate is fine. It's gotcha. they don't have they can't have any of the uh, gummy. I actually swept the carpet when I got home because you know you have carpet installed. You never know. You got to make sure that you you clean up any of the debris. Mm-hmm. So not only did I. You know, have the carpet installed. I actually cleaned the carpet as well. That's yeah. It's got to get done somehow, some way, right? Yes. Uh, did you, any other celebration going on no. in the uh, no. celebrating? Yeah. We ended up watching uh, four episodes of uh, Shrinking. <laughs> I love four. So, oh, that's half hour, right? Yes, it's so, only so, half so hour. About two hours. So you knocked yes. out about two hours of yes. uh, Shrinking. I'm like Justin Fields. I hate when you have to wait a week after week after week for one of your favorite shows to come back on yeah he mentioned that and maybe if we have a little more time tomorrow i'd like to get into that about the difference between binging as opposed to watching uh, a series that plays out you know that gets released on a weekly basis i had a nice long conversation with big cat which was great yeah and we'll play some of justin fields uh coming up in the five o'clock hour here if you missed any of it we played a lot of it earlier on lots of interesting sound from today regarding what the bears should do with their first future draft pick uh, Todd McShay boldly saying that he thinks Bryce Young is mini Patrick, Holm, Patrick Mahomes. Yes. So that one uh, definitely stood out. We played that. We talked about that a little bit earlier. His today. mock draft came out. He actually predicts that the Bears will make a deal with the Indianapolis Colts. And then ultimately, I didn't really see, I didn't, uh, or I don't recall exactly what he said they got, got in return. Mm-hmm. I know they swapped one for four. And then additional picks, but then the Bears would use the fourth pick overall on Jalen Carter, the three uh, technique tackle from Georgia, who many believe if the Bears would stand pat at number one overall, that they would take Carter at that spot. So he didn't really get into specifics, but he said the return could come down to just how desperate the QB needy teams get and how much they fall in love with a specific passer. But I expect the Bears to receive something in the ballpark of the number four pick a second rounder, a fifth rounder, and maybe even an additional round one selection. I would hope that whatever they do with the trading this pick, if that's the route they go, 
that they will get something from next year's draft as well. Like a number one next year, Yeah, I think would be you know part of the deal that I would be looking for as well. So the way it's playing out, and we talked about this earlier, but if you missed it, Jim Irsay, the audio we played yesterday where he talked about the kid from Alabama looking good, he stoked the flames even more today by tweeting out a picture uh, of himself. On the back of a bear. <laughs> Yes. Um, the tweets early this morning from Jim Mercer, right around 8 o'clock this morning, a little after. My relationship with the Chicago Bears goes back more than 60 years. And then he posted a photo of him on the back of a bear as a child at Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago. So he's stoking the flames of a possible trade up from the Colts. But you you astutely observed, is he just is he just being sly like a fox here? Don't know. Is, he, is he trying to maybe drum up business and interest where the Texans are going to have to feel like they need to ante up the price? And is he trying to get a division rival to maybe pull a Ryan Pace here and and trade up even though they don't necessarily have to? I don't know if this is being crazy smart or crazy crazy. <laughs> and with Jim Irsay, it's impossible to I think the fact that you post a picture of you uh, you know riding on the back of a bear, an actual bear, mm-hmm. leads you to the conclusion that it's crazy crazy. Instead of crazy... Smart. Well, and then humorously enough. Now I get it as well. That's pictures probably sixty years old, yes, right? Yes. Well, yeah. And, and, and life safe. was different sixty years ago. Than, we, yeah. We didn't have seatbelts when I was a kid. It was probably okay to to be placed on the back of a giant grizzly bear at the Lincoln Park <laughs> Zoo back when he was. Well, the amusing thing was Mike North responded to Jim Irsay with a picture of his own on a bear. I didn't Lincoln see Park that Zoo. one. You, you didn't see that, that one? one? Yeah, give me one second. Let me pull up Northy's photo as I. But that's so. Oh, and there's clearly, not even a muzzle on these bears, right? No, of course not. It was uh, clearly so. So clearly, this was the thing. I guess back in the day, you would just well, go it's to one of the things. Yeah, you would go. You would go to Lincoln Park Zoo, and you would uh, pose with a pose with a bear. So this is Northy's response. I'll retweet it and I'll show it to you here at Jim Mercy. Had to take the picture with the bear. My uncle bought me an army jacket back from Korea. And he's got an army jacket. Oh, is that Northy on the bear? That's Northy on That's the bear. That's awesome. How, how did our parents back in the day trust that a, a, a wild bear, I, and it's still wild despite the fact that it is in Lincoln Park, it's still considered wild, correct? It's not a domesticated yeah. bear. Who? Yeah, I don't think there Who's, are domesticated yeah, bears. Yeah, I don't think there are. I, like, I can't imagine. I mean, how would you define a bear being domesticated? Like that bear, you're just hoping to God that he decides to behave and doesn't decide to to go crazy wild bearish on your child. Like Danny was saying upstairs, bears haven't gotten safer no, in the last haven't. past 60 years. No. Like, you you had the gondola story that you gave us, right? Yes, yes. With the safety bar over my, my brother and, and I. Gondolas have gotten safer. They, they put have. Gond- or they put the, the safety bars on yes, over them correct. now so yeah. people don't fall out. Yes. But bears haven't got wild bears <laughs> or bears even in zoos have not got. I can't imagine anything, they've gotten safer. They may have gotten more dangerous, right. as evidenced by that cocaine bear uh, movie that's coming out this yeah. week. Oh, Friday. <laughs> hey, don't steal my what to watch for. So cane bear. Um, obviously, this is something that I hope Carmen DeFalco will drill do- drill down on when he has Northion on Friday. And also, I feel like this is at least that. Half- but that was part of the landscape. You go to the Lincoln Park Zoo, you get your picture taken. Do wow. we have Do we this have is- any documentation of kids, any kids, being hopefully not, bears? being mauled? 
Listen, these a are, picture a, a a a a picture opportunity that went wrong. Do they still take? Do they still allow you to take pictures of on the back of a bear at Lincoln Park Zoo? I don't believe that's the case. And my guess is that there was probably some sort of mauling <laughs> that ended no, that said exhibit well, at some I, point. I don't. Yeah, I or guess something. Or people happened. got bored of taking pictures on bears. <laughs> that too. I suppose. Uh, I suppose that's possible, Jake. Maybe parents. I would love maybe to see, parents. By the way, maybe parents love their kids more as time goes on. I don't <laughs> know. Get dried up. <laughs> I speak. We, Northeast got the uh, the. Uh, the jacket from Korea. I would love to see Jake in his jean jacket on the back of a bear. Oh, it's photo. Cubs. Yes. It's Cubs jacket. Yes. We, we're going to get into that coming up in a little bit. But uh, we have some information regarding our 25th anniversary celebration that we need to share with you. And even bigger news, if you missed it earlier today, the Bears have closed on the Arlington Park property. We'll share with you their letter coming up next. 